0: The positive, and I do think it was a positive watching this, is the fact that Francisco Alvarez was batting second. And Francisco Alvarez ripped an RBI double in the fourth inning of this game. It's when they were down 3-1. to one. See, I, I do remember some things. And he tied the game, or didn't tie the game, but cut the deficit from 3-1 to one to 3-2. to two. And he was behind in the count. And it's just good to see Alvarez have those kinds of at-bats. Because his season, and I wanted to touch on this, has been so abnormal. Like We're going to see his final numbers, especially for those that have kind of checked out over the final month of the season. You're going to look at his final numbers. You're going to remember some of the clutch home runs he had in the middle part of this season. And I think overall, the feeling towards Francisco Alvarez, rightfully so, is going to be positive. I think we're going to view <coughs> excuse me, his rookie season. As an overall positive, his numbers right now are sitting at 219, 23 home runs, 54 RBIs. A lot of home runs, low batting average, uh, but I think we'll remember a lot of the clutch hits. But he has been as extreme as I think we've seen from anybody in terms of his hotness into his slumping. It has been absolutely massive since the moment he was called up. Like, think about it. He gets called up. After Novaya gets hurt relatively early in the season, doesn't play all the time, and he hits very, very little. Think back earlier in the season to that Josh Hader strike, how he looks overwhelmed. In fact, in the month of April, he hits 194 with a 494 LPS. Really, really bad, but his defense looked good. Listen to these numbers in May. And these numbers can be caught to be, to be more extreme because calendar months are just arbitrary. Like sometimes a hot streak will last into the first few days of the following month. But in the month of May, 292, seven home runs, 1,029 OPS. That's when we all fell in love with him. That's when every home run was a clutch home run. In June, his average goes back down to 151 with a 534 OPS, four home runs, seven RBIs. July. This is a roller coaster, man. I got a headache even thinking about it. July, 275, eight home runs, 974 OPS. Now we go to August. Probably his worst month as a major leaguer. 139 average, one home run, 456 OPS. In September, 300 batting average, two home runs, 982 OPS. He has been such an extreme every other month kind of player. So it leads to this question. Why? Why? Uh, Okay, great. You've explained, Evan, that he's good one month, sucks another month, good another month. Is it just simply streakiness or is there a reason? As we've noticed over the last few weeks, the Mets have made a decision to cut down on his playing time. We don't bitch about it as much. Because it is late in the season, the season's going nowhere, and I think we've accepted, okay, fine, let the guy play every other game. And that's what they've done. And they've done this now for about three weeks, I think, about three and a half weeks or so, where it's Narvaez, it's Alvarez, it's Narvaez, it's Alvarez. And now he's red hot again. So is it possible that he was just burned out? Like, is that a possibility? Whenever you ask a question like this, there's no answer. Like there's no real answer because none of us know. The Mets don't know. I don't know. You don't know. We could all speculate. We could all try to figure it out. Even Francisco doesn't know. I'm sure he doesn't have an answer for why he's been so streaky. But I like the fact that he's gotten hot now. That's a great sign. That's why that RBI double Saturday night that made it three to two. Little did I know the Mets offense would do nothing over the next six innings. Even though they got Abbott out of the game, the Red Starter. The red bullpen lockout, tip your hat, whatever. I don't usually say that, but I guess in mid-September, 10 games under 500, I say that. Ah, tip my hat, whatever. But why has this happened with him? And if it is him being burnt out, should that change how he's handled next year? As much as we scream every day, every day, every day, if that's a possibility, if we examine and re-examine 2023, and overall, Alvarez, fine year. I think we'd all give him positive grades. He's been really good defensively. He has shown leadership skills. Let's face it, you know, how many times have we seen him run out with the pitch count at one? How much have we seen him put his hand around a pitcher and take command? Like there are so many great signs from Francisco Alvarez as a rookie besides what he's done offensively. So great year. I think we'd all agree. But if we, Examine the why to the streakiness. And they really think, possibly, burnout's a possibility, which him hitting in September, I don't want to say it backs it up, but it gives you some evidence that maybe it was, that playing every other day certainly helps. What does that mean in 2024? Omar Narvaez will probably be on this team. Omar has a player option for next season. Next year, Omar Narvaez is scheduled to make. $7 $7 million. He's made $8 million this year. It is a player option. I'm going to assume he accepts it. That'd be my assumption. <laughs> and by the way, I hope he does. I really do because you're going to want another pretty good catcher on this team. It doesn't mean I want Alvarez starting only 95 games next year or anything like that. But, you know, there are going to be days where you need to rest him, especially if there's any thought that burnout has somehow contributed to this. Omar has not had a good year when he's played. So based on that, I assume he'll opt in on a $7 million deal. But I don't mind Omar is coming back. I mean, would you prefer him or Tomas Nita? Would you prefer him or bringing back James McCann who the Mets are still playing next year? What I would give thought to is if there is concern about burnout, being a little bit more aggressive in dh him next year. Like Francisco Alvarez has not been used very often as a DH this season. In fact, if you had to guess right now, we'll play a game at home. How many times has Francisco Alvarez DH'd in 2023? And what I mean by that is starting as DH. Because pinch hitting for Daniel Vogelback late in the game, to me, does not count. Staying in the game as a DH does not count. And that just means you're pinch hitting for whoever started, which is likely Vogelback against a lefty, even though Alvarez has not hit lefties. The answer to the question is three. Three times all year. So obviously that has not been something that they have done a lot with him this year. Is that something they should consider doing more of next year? Obviously the makeup of the roster is going to say a lot in that. Who the right-handed DH is going to say a lot in that. But in order to try to keep him relatively fresh, it's definitely worth considering. As far as the rest of that game two is concerned, our boy Pete had a chance to be a hero. Ninth inning, 2 2-out. On, two one of the rare chances the Mets had against the Reds bullpen. They really got locked down after they got Abbott out of the game, and Pete grounds out. Very disappointing. Disappointing inning. I was envisioning another one of those clutch Alonzo home runs that we could put down on the list when we're debating if he's had a clutch year or not. As far as Sunday's game is concerned, I guess some people may have watched it. The Giants didn't kick off till 4. Jets didn't kick off till 4.25. But another really solid performance from Jose Quintana, which I'm happy about. But as I've mentioned on past Ricos, you start to look at his injury as one of the bigger reasons that had this season derailed. Quintana going down and not pitching until they were basically out of it. Buck made an interesting call 4 2, first and third, two outs, still a game. And he goes to Drew Smith, almost as if Buck was playing. Bad Met reliever bingo and said, All right, I'm going to go with Drew Smith as the guy that blows this game up. But much to the surprise of all of us, he got DJ Friedel to fly out the right field. Who the hell saw that one coming? And the Mets win game three of this series. They salvage the finale. Daniel Vogelback rips a basis clearing double. I got good news about Daniel Vogelback. I was looking at Who's under contract next year? Who's due to make what next year? And who's a free agent? And the Mets don't have a lot of free agents. Last year was so different. I mean, think about the pods we were doing in the offseason. Brandon Nimmo is a free agent. Jacob DeGrom is a free agent. Edwin Diaz as a free agent. It was prominent. Chris Bassett is a free agent. Taiwan Walker as a free agent. Did I say DeGrom? Did I say Nimmo? Edwin Diaz? Yeah, a lot. A lot of big free agents. This year, there are not a lot of big free agents. I mean, obviously, we're going to have big questions about this team, specifically if they're going to trade Pete Alonzo or not. But Daniel Vogelback is a free agent. He's done at the end of this season. There's no more arbitration left. He's not making a million and a half. And I would predict to you, I would be stunned if this guy is back. So even when he adds the bases-clearing double on a Sunday afternoon against the Cincinnati Reds. I would not fear that somehow that hit is going to cause the Mets to say, you know what we should do? We should bring Daniel Vogel back back. Like, I do think the era has ended for him. It did not work out. He somehow made it through the last year and a half. I will warn you, though, as much as I don't think he'll be back, and I don't, Daniel Vogelback did play for the Milwaukee Brewers back in 2020 and 2021. So there is a connection. <laughs> there is a David Stern connection. Now, he also let him go. So good look at it that way, too. <laughs> now, I think we're done with him. I think we're done with him. Another good play by D.J. Stewart, by the way. A couple of sliding catches. Had that catch on Sunday where he was blocking the sun out. I'm so impressed by D.J. Stewart's defense in right field. I am because I think the stereotype is to look at him, especially in spring training, and say, oh, he may hit some home runs, but he's going to be a crappy fielder. He's actually not a bad fielder. So Mets win the finale of this series. They end up losing two out of three to Cincinnati.